and we're back. We just we just talked about the Bears, so we re- we got a few Steeler storylines we need to we need to start the show with here, Chris. Starting with the Melvin Ingram trade. What do you think of the, what are your thoughts on the Melvin Ingram situation? You know, I got mixed thoughts. As a Steelers backer, I love seeing Melvin Ingram, TJ Watt, and Alex Highsmith rushing the pasture at the same time. That was perfection for me. It was great to see what happened. But, you know, I don't agree with Ingram in saying that he should get the playing time over Highsmith. But, you know, we all work. Sometimes we go to our boss and say, hey, I think I'm better than the person above me. We have faith in ourselves, but sometimes the boss says, hey, buddy, you're not, you're not better. And, you know, sometimes we could be a good soldier, sit there and say, all right, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do it. And sometimes we say, hey, I may have to take what I do elsewhere. So even though as a sewage backer, I'm frustrated. You know, I can understand where Ingram's coming from, even though I don't agree with his opinion of of him versus Highsmith right now. Yeah, it it didn't make sense to me because, like, he's visibly injured in the game. And then you hear that he's unhappy with his snaps. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he thought he was healthy enough to play, and the Steelers didn't think he was healthy enough to play, and that caused problems. But I get it. I mean, he's not young. We had the same problem with. We had the same situation happen with James Harrison when James Harrison was like, "Hey, you know what? I want to play. Get me out there." I think you see Melvin Ingram. Little different situation. I think Melvin Ingram was sitting there looking at Alex Highsmith, saying, "You know what? I'm better than this kid. I'm. I believe I'm better than him, and I want to play." And I don't have many years left, you know. I don't have a lot of time here here to play. Get me on the field or give me a chance to go elsewhere. So I understand it. Uh, how do you feel about the difference, the change from him to Taco Charlton? You know, I'm hearing decent things about Taco Charlton. I'm seeing some positive comments coming from Joe Schobert saying he looked okay out there. He's definitely no Melvin Ingram. He's definitely not TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith, but – If he could be a decent number three, I'm okay with that. Um, Again, I'd much rather see Melvin Ingram stay around. But, you know, Charlton could be that guy. Um, Jeffrey, I'm looking at the comments. We we need to address something. I don't want to put you on the spot here. But, you know, there's tension in Steelers Nation. It's got nothing to do with Melvin Ingram. It's a tension that Brian and I face when we turn on the podcast. (laughs) We saw you appear. Um, There's a clean-shaven Jeffrey Benedict. And... I'm seeing comments all over the comments saying, before we talk about the Steelers, what did you do, Jeffrey? So explain yourself. Why are you so clean shaven tonight? Uh, this I shaved for the I shaved my full face for the first time in 18 years. Whoa! Uh, and for the same reason I did it 18 years ago was for a Halloween costume. Okay. So yeah, I I, I had to shave my face for a Halloween costume, and I'm growing it back. Don't worry, it's coming back. It's coming back. I don't like it. My kids did not like it. Uh, okay. They, they, my daughter's uh, 13. My son's nine. Neither of them liked it. Yeah. But for, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, I, I shaved. Go. You can go look us up on YouTube and uh, see my face. It's, it's fantastic. Rest easy. Okay. Uh, thank you for okay. letting me reject there because I was getting <laughs> worried too. Thank you. All right. We've got, we've got a, a super chat here from Connor Eddy. says, what's your guys' opinions on the keys to a win, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you Chris two keys. Give us two keys for a win right here. I think offense has gotta be efficient. You know, I still like Ben. I still think Ben can bring it. I think it's a different offense. It's a different Ben. 
as I said before to Joey, I love the fact that Ben has not thrown an interception in the past three games. When the Steelers don't turn the ball over, when Ben makes smart decisions, they're a good offense. Now, they may not score 50 points on Monday night, but they're going to be good. They're going to be very difficult to beat. Um, so I, I think, you know, Ben's got to be efficient. He can't make mistakes. And I still think we need to see that development of the running game. Been very uh, – felt good about where it's been over the past couple of weeks. I feel good about how Najee Harris has done better. And, you know, let's continue to see this grow and progress. I think when you do that, you'll be okay. The defense will take care of itself. I'm not afraid of the defense against the Bears. Let's just have a good, efficient game offensively for Steelers. I think we're fine. Yeah, I'm going I'm to have to agree with you on that one because the run game is so critical to this team. I mean, Ben, Ben, like you said, he can still do it, but he's not a guy that's going to lead you you know, three quarters of the game and be the offense. Like he used to be able to just be like, okay, guys, I'm carrying the whole team on my back this whole game. Ben used to do that. He can't do that anymore. The run game's got to get going. Uh, and my second key is going to be defending the run because Justin Fields, I mean, we saw uh, Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Once we got their run game was the only time they were a threat was when they were running the ball. If they're running the ball, they were a threat. And when they stopped that, Geno Smith wasn't going to beat us even with DK Metcalf uh, and Tyler Lockett. That's the guy, the guy's name. Justin Fields doesn't have those guys. He doesn't have that level of receivers. The Bears are not that level of a passing team. If we stuff the run, we stop the run game, we can control this whole game. So I, I think I think we're agreed there both. The, the Steelers just need to control this on offense, score some points, and, and make the Bears actually score. Is if you make the Bears score 20-some points, they're probably not going to. Yeah, definitely agree. All right. Um, okay, we covered Melvin Ingram. Steelers picked up a defensive lineman. We've been waiting for this. I've personally been waiting this for this. I'm like, come on, you got to pick up someone for decent defensive line depth. The Steelers pick up Khalil Davis, the brother of Carlos Davis, our defensive tackle who's on injured reserve. Khalil Davis, I believe, is also injured, but it's minor. Uh, they signed him to the practice squad. Khalil Davis was actually taken ahead of Carlos Davis and was considered the better Davis brother when they were initially drafted. What are your thoughts on the acquisition of Khalil Davis? I hope he can play. I mean, he's a late-round draft pick, so I don't want to project greatness on him. But, you know, hopefully he can provide the depth that the Steelers need. Um, I, I keep going back to Stephon Tewitt. You know, hey, I, I'm really – I want him to be okay. Melly, I want to be okay with any um, emotional issues. Obviously, he's been through so much with the injury and, and the personal loss with his family. Um, so, you know, if he needs to take time away, I definitely understand. I get it. But as a Steelers backer, I, I mean, can you imagine what Stephon Tewitt would bring to that defense? For as good as they played right now, uh, it just would be a tremendous shot in the arm, especially come playoff time. So I, I'm hoping the Davis brothers can keep the fourth down, provide that, you know, backup experience that's needed, but I'm, I'm just hoping and praying for maybe the return of Stefan to it before the end of the year. I, I agree with you there. That's huge. I actually, I like that the Steelers bring brothers on board. I, I like that. I think you kind of get a sibling rivalry. You get a little bit more accountability, you know, when you've got, when you've got brothers in the room, like you take Derek and TJ Watt, like if TJ Watt started to get a big head, like I've got a big contract, I've arrived in that stuff. You, you, he's got his brother. 
who has to work his tail off just to make, you know, just to be in the NFL. He's not, he's not a superstar. You, you kind of get that balance. And I, I really like that with Terrell Edmonds and Trey Edmonds too. Trey Edmonds, you know, practice squad bouncing around. Is he on the roster? He's off the roster, working his tail off. And his, his older brother's out there, first round draft pick. I, I, his younger brother is a first round draft pick. I, I think it's a great addition. I think it's just, you know, keep the families together, keep that around. I like it. Um, I, I, I like having him on board. He, he may take a little while to develop, and the Steelers can give him that. We've got another super chat here again. Tape Boys uh, asks, what's the latest on Carl Joseph? That is a very good question. That is a very good question because, honestly, this is the kind of game where you could see Carl Joseph coming in and having an impact as a as a box safety, as someone you're, – you're in a team that where you really need to stuff the run – you need to stop the quarterback from escaping the pocket. It, that's kind of a role Carl Joseph can play. Uh, we haven't we haven't really heard or seen much from him at all this season. Nothing. He has, he hasn't made the roster. Uh, any thoughts on Carl Joseph, Chris? Yeah, that's a mystery to me too because you know they were after Carl Joseph a year ago. Seriously, before he went to Oakland, as soon as Oakland dropped him. You know, you saw some people say, but boy, it'd be nice if you could come to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh picks him up really quick. You think there's a place in the secondary for Carl Joseph? I don't know if the Steelers are seeing something in practice where they say maybe he shouldn't play right away. But I, I would like to see Joseph in the background, uh, in the backfield. I mean, I think he could really uh, help the secondary. I mean, even as a backup. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, to be honest with you, Jeff. Yeah, we're, we're especially we're seeing – some issues with uh, Devin Bush's injury and the mobility and the linebackers. He, he could come and be like kind of a third linebacker almost. Like I, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, normally, if you, if the Steelers bring somebody in, it's it's to play them or at least give them a shot. I mean, even Akella Witherspoon has been on the field and he was terrible. Uh, I don't know if Carl Joseph, you know, they're just like, no, he needs some time and they're they're this is an investment for next year or something. I don't know. Uh, but that is a very good question. Thanks for the uh, support and the super chat. Uh, for this game, we've been over our keys already. Is there any? Is there anywhere that Chicago actually, you know, scares you? Like Chicago is like, ooh, you know, that's good. That could be a tough matchup. You know, you always think about you know Mac if he plays, but we're not even sure if he's playing, and you know. Sewers beat a Broncos team of Von Miller. Sewers beat a Browns team of Miles Garrett. So Matt concerns me, but I don't see him as, oh, we're going to lose this game. Honestly, I look at my big concern is the Steelers themselves. I hate to bring this up. I agree with the comments. Pittsburgh's a two touchdown favorite. And I mean, I'm expecting a two touchdown win. But how many games have we talked about over the past 10, 20 years for the Steelers where you know, Joey brings up the Mike Lennon game with Chicago where you're saying, okay, this is an easy win by Pittsburgh. They don't pull through. I don't see it happening Monday night. We got color rush, Monday night football. There are things where the Steelers usually play well at. I just think that the Steelers' biggest threat is themselves. And I love how Mike Tomlin can motivate the team. I'm hoping Tomlin could do this for the next two games because of Chicago and Detroit. 
I'm not seeing anybody hurting the Steelers than the Steelers themselves. So uh, they just need to keep their heads in it and just get these W's. It's crucial. Yeah, I it it just really has that feel of a game, especially with our record against Chicago, where the games are terrible. I mean, this is the kind of game where you could see like Jesse James has three touchdowns and like like 85 yards and three touchdowns, and the Steelers just can't figure out how to defend Jesse James for a game. Like like there's just there's that feeling that something's going to happen. Like there's something that you just doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden the Steelers are struggling to even do anything. Uh, man, that, that number, someone brought it up in the live chat, but that number, two touchdown favorites, two touchdowns. What like the Steelers, the Steelers are lucky to score two touchdowns in a game. Like, I don't, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of think it's, it's crazy that suddenly they think the Steelers are going to blow out this team. Steelers haven't blown out anybody. They, that's not how we do. That's, that's, that's not this team anymore. The defense can shut down Chicago. I'm seeing this as a 20-6 to six game you know, for Pittsburgh. Yeah, two touchdowns might seem like a lot when Pittsburgh's not putting up a ton of points himself, but this is a very, very good defense that they play up to their ability. I, Chicago, I don't think, scores more than 10 points at best. That could work. That could do it. That could do it. Uh, what do you do? You think the Steelers need to come out of these two weeks, Chicago and Detroit, with two wins? Uh, and where? What does it mean if they only if they lose one of these games? Do you think? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how what you need to make the playoffs. You know, we're in this screwy seventeen game season where it's hard to say. You know, does ten seven definitely get you there? Could nine and eight get you there? So I'm looking at this saying if they're six and three and they win four of the last games in their schedule, you're now 10 and seven, which I think can get you into the AFC wildcard. You know, I'll tell you this, Jeffrey, when the Steelers play like they should, they could beat pretty much anybody in the NFL. Buffalo is a good team. The Steelers beat Buffalo, and that was not a fluke. They played well. The defense played out of their minds. They could do that against every team. But what I'm saying is if you lose against Chicago or you lose against Detroit, it's got the flavor of, man, that's the game that missed. You know, we missed the playoffs for one game. It's because we lost the stinking game against Chicago and Detroit. So I don't think the season's over if they lose to one of these next two games. But they need to be in a good position because, man, that schedule just gets so tough. And even if they play well in the end of the year, it may be a struggle getting those four wins for the rest of the season because they've got some Bears coming up. And not Chicago Bears. (laughs) (laughs) Difficult teams (laughs) coming up that are like Bears. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last week we saw the Steelers rebound from – in week six they played Seattle. They gave up a ton of rushing yards in the third quarter. Uh, they t- Seattle's touchdown drive, 10 plays, nine of them were runs, and they were just running all over us. Uh, to facing the Browns and really stopping the run. What happened there? Like, what, in your opinion, like, like, do you have anything to credit that to? Is that a, a bye week adjustment? Is that just, you know, Cleveland game? Is that Steelers got wound up because of Tomlin's press conference? Like, what do you think that is, and can they continue to bring that? I don't know. I mean, I heard a lot of behind-the-scenes talk about how the Steelers have fun making fun of uh, Tomlin's USC speech and everything. So I'm not even sure if the USC speech necessarily fired the team up. I really think 
they took the Alex Collins things personally, and they said, why did Alex Collins get a billion yards against us in the second half? So what they did is they went to Cleveland against one of the toughest run offenses in the league, and they challenged them to throw the ball. They shut down that run offense, and they let a gimpy Baker Mayfield try to beat them. As we all know, Baker Mayfield's not that quarterback, especially when he's injured. So the Steelers did, I, I think they buttoned up all the issues they had during the bye week. They really came out. They threw a tough defense to say, you're not going to run against us, which was very impressive because the Browns could run on people. And, you know, I live here in Ohio. I actually work for Ohio newspapers to cover the Browns. So I edit the stories by the Browns beat writers each week. And I am stunned that the Browns looked at this game and said, we're going to let an injured quarterback go out and try to beat the Steelers. It, it was crazy. So it was partly the Steelers really buttoned up, had outstanding run defense, but it was partly the Browns just mismanaged the game and they had no idea how to play. And they didn't deserve to win that game either. So, I mean, that's kind of what I saw happen with the run defense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I've got a film room with uh, the Vertex with Dave Schofield is, is coming out tomorrow. And it's all about the Steelers' run defense and, and what turned it around. And it was it was a whole team effort. Like, like you said, they buttoned it up, every single person. I, I wrote in a film room after that in the bye week, I wrote I wrote a film room about it, saying you know what that the the Steelers every single one has to be better. Like there's you can't just be Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and and stop everyone with that and let everyone else get beat. And they did to a man. They stepped up and they played better in that game. I wonder and I kind of worry how many more games the Steelers can be, play like that when you're down so many defensive linemen when you're inside linebackers clearly aren't, you know, a hundred percent. Devin Bush isn't, isn't quite there with, with new defensive backs in there with, with Trey Norwood who got, got attacked. They went after him a couple of times and had success against Trey Norwood more than the other team has in this past week against the Cleveland. Uh, is, is this sustainable? Are, are these young guys getting better? Do you think this is a defense that can do it or, are they going to have to, you know, maybe find some guys, maybe some Carlos, Carlos Joseph, make Carl Joseph, maybe some, you know, other players stepping up or getting healthy, or is this is this a team that right now can maintain this and and, and really become a top defense with injured players? I hate to point the finger at Stefan Tua because, like I said, we want to make sure Stefan yeah, yeah. Tua is ready to play, but Stefan Tua can be that guy. To come in and prove that difference, shore up things. Um, you know, we talked about other guys, and you know, I respect Carl Joseph. I think Carl Joseph is a good player. I don't think Carl Joseph alone is going to change the fortunes of a team. I don't think the Davis brothers alone are going to do it. I think a guy like Stefan Tua can do it. And the other thing is, stay healthy. Look at last year, eleven and zero, where things started to go off the rails. Was you lost Bud Dupree? You lost. You know, you lost Devin Bush, and it just that made things tougher. So stay healthy and get the guys internally healthy, and that can really help sustain it. I don't know, Jeffrey. I mean, I think even if Tua doesn't come back, I think the Steelers could still have a good defense. But to really say if they're going to make the playoffs and go far, they need to have an efficient offense and a defense uh, pounding on all cylinders. And hopefully they can pull it off. I'd feel a whole lot better if, if Tua comes back. 
Yeah, I I agree. I agree with you there. And I want to echo your sentiment that like uh, we know he has practiced with the team. He's been back. And this is me reading into things, but but I kind of feel like, you know, playing football, if you're not 100 percent into it, you're not even going to be good. Like if you're if you're you can be, you know, playing at 80 percent of your physical ability. But if you're mentally ready to play and you're really focused, you can still do well. But if you're mentally off your game, if your head's somewhere else and you're not really, your heart isn't in the game at that moment, you're you're not doing anything. You're going to get pushed around. You're going to lose battles and you're probably going to end up getting hurt or getting one of your teammates hurt. Uh, and I, and you see where Stefan Tuitt has practiced at different times, done different things. I, I think this might be a case where he's not back yet. His head's not there yet. His heart's not back in the game. And that can take time. That can take time to heal. And if he's not back, he needs to be off the field. He needs to not be on the on you know on the active roster if he is not mentally able to commit to a game like this. And and let's be honest, football is a violent game. If you're if you're still upset, if you're still sad, and you can't get out there and hit other people, then then you don't belong on the field. So yeah, I agree with you. I hope Stefan Tuit comes back. I I hope that whenever he is ready to come back. He is himself again. He's he's still the player that he's been that we've loved. I want to. I want to. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to throw a quick question in. It's kind of been bothering me a little bit about the Steelers recently. I agreed with your rant last week. I'm a big Mike Tomlin guy. I think he's a a motivator. I think he he leads the team very well. I, I scratch my head at certain decisions like that fake field goal that we won't go into, or we'll be here all night talking about that one, but. As much as I believe that Mike Tomlin's a motivator, can get can get the Steelers past these next two weeks, you know, some people call him a Tomlin special. When they lose games, they shouldn't. Do, what do you think Tomlin needs to do to just impress on the guys? Say, fellas, take care of business. Don't let these next two teams in the game. Because as much as I believe in Tomlin being a great motivator, a great coach, sometimes these games happen and they make me pull out all the little hair I have on my head. I mean. How, how do you think Tom can get over that? Because, I, again, I think that's a billion-dollar question going to Monday night. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna qualify the, the Tomlin specials. The losses to bad teams happen when the defense is bad. Yeah. Always. It's always when the defense is bad because that's when you get a Terrell Pryor able to go off and, and get a bunch of yards and, and do something. If the Steelers' defense has it together, they're not going to lose this game. They won't. If they let the young running backs of Chicago run loose, if they if they can't handle RPOs with just uh, with Justin Fields, they're gonna they could lose this game. If that defense is on point, and I think it will be, they're gonna they're gonna be fine. Uh, last year, it was when they couldn't score when the offensive line fell completely apart, and Ben and Ben Roethlisberger was throwing in. Under two, I mean, he's throwing he's throwing in less than two seconds, and he's taking hits to throw a ball in one point eight seconds. You can't, no routes are going. Like people aren't even in, you know, open yet, and he's having to throw the ball downfield, hoping, hey, you know, I'm gonna throw a prayer. Hopefully, you can get open and catch this. That that's where they were at that point. But you you go back to the real disappointing losses. Those are all, those are those are all teams where the defense wasn't good, and. The other point I have to make is the Steelers have a quarterback who rises to the occasion in big games. That was his thing. Like like Baltimore, he's getting beat up. He needs to put the entire team on his back and beat the best, you know, 
one of the top two defenses in the NFL, Ben would do it, right? But then he'd also go the next week and face some team that there wasn't the same, you know, hype for the game. The other team wasn't considered very good. And Ben kind of didn't have that killer instinct in those games. Like, it wasn't like, I'm going to put my foot on this team and neck and bear. I'm just going to bury this team. Ben's not that guy. He's the guy who will kind of not play as well against a lesser team. And that's okay. Like you can you can win those games if your defense is there. But when the other when, when those games suddenly became a shootout, they were problems. They were problems for the Steelers. So that's that's my that's my thing to stop this is play defense. Get the defense together. Stop Justin Fields. And if and if Ben's not playing, well, run the ball. Run the ball. That's that's the one thing that really worries me with this is if this is a letdown game, if this is one of those games. And our kicker's not in it, you know. Like, like those are the games Boswell can. If your defense is in it, you can win a game with Boswell and T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward. They can win you a game against the team that's bad enough. This time with, hopefully Lambo. Like I know, I know he's he's a good kicker, but that's it's just going from Bos to anyone else. It, it's kind of it's kind of worrisome. It's one of those games where you sit there and say, oh gosh, this guy misses like two field goals and an extra point, and. Uh, the Steelers stop kicking and the and, and the offense can't do anything and all of a sudden it's a game. And and no one no one wants that. I want to ask you a couple questions before we go here. One last uh one big one is who do you looking at the Steelers, who do you think could have a really big game this week? Offense or defense? Yeah, I still look at TJ Watt. I mean, he's been unbelievable this year. And you say, boy, he can't have two, three sacks a game, but he keeps on proving it, you know, wrong. And you know, I look at that Bears offensive line, and I appreciate what Joey said. They're going to come in with a game plan, but people haven't stopped T.J. Watt. And with the struggles the Bears offensive line has had, I, I feel confident T.J. is going to have a great game on the defensive end. I look at offensively. I think that glue has been Najee Harris. I mean, he's a rookie. Um, but he's played well. I think he and uh, Fryer Move has given Ben some safety valves that Ben's starting to understand how to use better over the middle. So I think, you know, it's TJ, Najee, and uh, Fryer Move that are the guys that can really step up this week for Steelers. I'm going to go, I'm going to try and come up with someone different. Yeah, I know. I think, uh, I think it's and the easy one is Cameron Hayward. Uh, yeah. The stats, he doesn't show up in the stat books very often absolutely dominant every week if you watch our run defense dominating this week you watch it last week oh my goodness against the browns cameron hayward was just destroying their offensive line so many plays he's just manhandling people that are like he's he's facing pro bowlers and he's just shoving them to the ground throwing them around moving them wherever he wants them to go uh so i think cameron hayward could show up especially if they're really worried about tj watt but i'm i'm thinking this is an interception game i'm thinking the steelers because i think the steelers are going to run the ball and i think they're going to stop the run and i think if justin fields is forcing to throw the ball there's going to be pressure and when you're throwing to get out of that pressure i think he's going to try and throw himself throw it you know throw earlier throw more interceptions and i i think minka fitzpatrick this is his game i think this is the game justin fields makes the mistake that a veteran wouldn't make he's going to throw a little too close to minka and we're going to see Minka Fitzpatrick get an interception in this game. That's my call. Well, this is uh, we're down to our last little minute here. Uh, we're almost at the we're at ten o'clock. So, 
Let me get your prediction for the game. Let me get your score for the game. I'm saying Pittsburgh 20, Chicago 6. Um, you know, I think the Steelers could definitely score more. But I think, you know, they're going to have efficient offense. And I think the defense is going to be the story of the game. They're going to be dominant. And Pittsburgh's going to play well and not make mistakes. I, I mean, the fanboy me wants to come out and say it's going to be 80 to zip. And, you know, those games could be coming. But I feel comfortable saying a 26 win by Pittsburgh to get the job done and to get ready for Detroit. Yeah, I'm, I. this is the Bears. And I, I'm hesitant to, to put them too far out. I mean, on paper, this game, the Steelers should just walk all over Chicago. But it is the Bears, and we don't. We just don't beat them when we should. I still think the Steelers are going to win. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 19 to nine. I'm going to go double nines here. 19 to nine. Steelers win. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy game. I think it's going to be a real defensive game, and I think the Steelers win controlling the ball, and they get they get a few defensive plays to swing the tide. Well, Jeffrey, you keep uh, mentioning that record, saying, what, it's three and six against the Bears. The Steelers have never lost to a team of the Bears with Andy Dalton on the roster. So the Red <laughs> Rifle is going to even out your little look back in the history because, you know, Andy Dalton's going to bring it back. Even if he doesn't take a snap, the Steelers are going to look over in the sideline and see him and say, it's going to be all right. Well, TJ Watt might get him some time on it. They they can't block TJ. They he, they might end up with Andy Dalton playing a bit. And, All right, man. Uh, any anything you want to plug? Yeah, check out our Steelers Power Half Hour. Uh, you might say, man, you guys are goofy on the show. You're not breaking down the games. Well, we have so many great podcasts here on the, the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast that once you get to Saturday Sunday morning where our show airs, you've got to look at what unifies Steelers Nation? Pure hatred and dislike of the cities and the teams we play. So each week, uh, myself, Joe Frost, and Paul Yanchek, we have fun. We make fun of the city. We make fun of the people. And we make fun of the teams. Yeah, it's tongue-in-cheek, but we have a lot of fun. And we're taking aim at the Chicago Bears 85 Super Bowl team, which is a one-hit wonder. So there might be some 80s pop references. It's going to be glorious. Check it out. We'd love to have you listen in. I can second that uh, on my show. I, I called you guys out for yeah. Browns Week. Great show. Anytime. So definitely, definitely check them out. As for me, as I said, uh, the Vertex is coming out t- tomorrow, a uh, day later than usual because it's a longer week. Uh, so check that out. Check out all the shows on Behind the Steel Curtains podcast network. Make sure you go over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, have a great week. Let's go Steelers. Good night. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.